With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Paul is a eunuch or not. 
But uh, from what I know of Paul, that certainly isn't the case, at least whatever. No, I said I was unique. Unique. That's, uh, there we go. Anyone with an extra pair of socks can, uh, you know. That's true. The unique and eunuch could be, if you know, you you don't put the accent on the right syllable, you could really get in trouble with that one. Well, see, what what a lot of people don't know is is that druids can actually spot other druids in public kind of the same way uh, black people can spot other black people in public. It's it's very blatant, and uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that most druids are, are taller on the left side. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, just well, the, uh, secret, uh, uh, the secret symbol uh, that one druid would do to another, which uh, has to What is that secret symbol? Uh, it's so secret that we don't well, even know about it here. Yeah, well, you, you take Wait, but I think right Paul is giving it right to right me right, right now. Oh, my God. It's, yeah, yeah, wow, that's... Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it stands you, right you out. Take your, yeah. You take Go your ahead. right hand ahead, and uh, you touch yourself inappropriately, and another druid would automatically realize that you were a druid also. Uh, oh, if you oh, leave you know in some I, state. I was, but, I was uh, touching Tom inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Well, yeah. well, it's an early morning show, and I'm uh, <clears throat> really up right now. But um, So, Tommy, what, uh, you yes, know, sir. we... How did you, 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 you mentioned that you had a, a backstory to the whole Druid thing, that you were at some celebration and uh, oh, something yeah. or uh, other. You know, when I was young, uh, of course, uh, you know, all my Christian friends had Christmas and, and my Jewish friends, of course, had Hanukkah and, and they all had these great celebrations. Of course, as Druids, we didn't have that. However, we did have the winter solstice every year, which was similar. Yeah. We, had, we had rituals, we had songs, we had the whole deal. So, I remember very well. I, I, you know, come home a little bit depressed because I'd been at friends and the beautiful Christmas trees with the lights and, and the family sitting around and singing and all that, which made me sick most of the time. But I go home and, and certainly cry to my parents, and and they'd say, "Gee, it, it went to solstice is right around the corner, and and you know we're going to do all this stuff." I remember vividly. We get into the car, and we drive outside of the city, certainly, and out into the woods, and we'd start hiking through the woods, and we get to a field and. And mom and dad would look for the biggest, shiniest rock they could find. And uh, we'd dig that up, and uh, dad would tie it to the roof of the uh, station wagon. We'd drive it home, and we'd put it in a very special place in the, in the house, and we'd start the, the, the ritual, which had to do with scrubbing the rock clean. And then, uh, and then the whole family would get together and, and decorate it, you know, strings of lights and, and, and all that sort of thing. And, and then we'd, we'd sing the traditional songs, which might sound a little familiar to you, like... Uh, 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 old little town of Salisbury, which you know, with stone hinges, uh, deck the rock with uh, balls of holly. Another one of the big ones. Uh, my favorite, my personal favorite, "Oh Come All Ye Druids," which was a, just my favorite song at that time of the year. And uh, of course, it's beginning to look a lot like Winter Solstice. Another, another big one. So you know, I didn't miss out on any of those things. We did it a little bit differently, but it was it was just a lot of fun. And uh, you know, at the end of the year. Uh, at the end of the uh, uh, 12-day celebration, uh, ceremoniously, we take the rock and throw it through someone's window. Uh, it was a great way to end the uh, Wait a minute, holiday I, I didn't season. get all of that. You did a what? Oh, at the end of the holiday season, uh, traditionally, we'd, undec- we'd uh, uh, take the decorations down. We'd then take the rock out um, and throw it through someone's window, and then the whole family would run like hell. Uh, yeah, it, was it was just the a great way to end the, end the holiday the, season. End of the traditional final gift-giving. 
was what that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. else exactly would, would right. Given that it's family rock. And, it on, and it was such a nice surprise. You know, they, you, yeah. they were always, without fail, they were always surprised <laughs> when when that rock uh, would arrive. Um, and, it was nice. You know, I don't know, if, I don't know if Tom, about the project that you and I have going on, uh, part of the surprise that Tom didn't know I was coming, that... Uh, the movie that uh, we're going to be doing uh, with Will Farrell uh, to celebrate the Druid holidays in the theme of the movie Elf. Um, this movie, Tom, is going to be called Shelf because most Druids yeah. can actually fit on a shelf. Ah. So we're going to have right. some good That's right. that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What, I, are I, you going to... Go ahead. I won't be in that movie, but I will be the technical advisor. And uh, I understand that you... Uh, well, with your skills, you'll uh, be maybe writing the music and, uh, the, you know, the sc musical score for that film? Yeah, it's going to be really unique. Instead of having uh, an orchestra, we're going to have a bunch of people that are just going to uh, be, you know, all, none, all of them tone deaf, but they will be humming uh, the entire soundtrack that I'm writing. And um, uh, an occasional kazoo, maybe? Sorry, oh, well, you could do that, yeah. If you can hum, you can play the kazoo, I guess. So that's not a bad idea. I might take that into consideration. We're in the early stages now. We're, just, we're taking meetings right now. We're just taking meetings. Right. Uh, yeah, we're currently, we're currently casting the uh, stone at uh, this time, and I understand that uh, we have uh, a read this week with a particular stone down in Plymouth that hasn't worked since the early 1600s. It's kind of oh, like a broken brand one? out. Yeah. 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 Well, I was yeah, I was thinking some, one, uh, using one of the. Uh, no, he got stepped on by some pilgrims, and it's really looking to make a name for itself. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. I was thinking more along the lines of uh, somebody from the Bush family to play the stone. We could do that. We could do that. Yeah. Some someone very Nixonian, somebody yeah. very yeah. stone-faced. Yeah. yeah. Now, and quiet. Tommy, were there um, were there other uh, times of the year or other occasions that uh, the Druids would celebrate? I mean, you know, it's, it's Christmas, and then, of course, there's Easter, um, you know, Advent, you know, Lent, all of those things. Anything that you could... Uh, well, Easter didn't, mean a, Easter didn't mean a whole lot to us. Uh, we did have something similar to St. Patrick's Day. Really? Uh, everyone would, yeah, everyone would wear gray and uh, drink a lot. So it was very, very, very close to, to St. Patrick's Day. Any type uh, of parade or anything, or just just go into the fields like you mentioned previously? Yeah, no, no, no. This was different. This was a more overt celebration, and uh, we usually marched down the street while uh, uh, people along the uh, parade route uh, pelted us with uh, foodstuffs. Uh, it was all part of the tradition. Those, of course, were a ceremonial uh, uh, act of... Uh, would those, uh, would those be canned goods, or would they be actually pieces of meat or... Uh, well, we preferred softer things, but canned goods often came, and it was a, it was their way of showing how they would uh, offer these things to the, uh, the the Druid gods. And not really, there are no Druid gods, but uh, they were offering these unnatural, man-made things to the typical. Uh, well, uh, Paul uh, actually uh, had a Druid experience in the. Um, uh, what, I guess it was the Boston Garden at the time, Paul, was it? Yeah, I was. I was uh, the last time I was actually in my uh, Druid drab, if you will. Uh, I was marched in with the uh, Undertaker, the pro wrestler, as one of his Druids, and uh, it's it's interesting when you when you do that type of side work with pro wrestling. They don't offer you health insurance; they offer you life insurance before you go into the arena. 
Um, and it's kind of a new tradition that, that, as you know, you know, one of our classic Druid traditions, which has since last, lost its luster, that the annual running with the turtles. Um, you, you know, it was so much better than the running of the bulls because, you know, the running of the bulls was over so quick. You know, you could spread this out over two, three, four days and uh, be deep, deep, deep down the route and still enjoy the full experience of, of the turtle run. Were you familiar with that, Tony, the uh, the turtle run? Yeah, you know, I especially, it was so nice for the older druids as well, who, you know, they couldn't move as quite as quick. And, you know, over the years, uh, uh, well, sometimes when they got to a certain age, those turtles would just jump on them. It was awful. They wouldn't be good. They'd be kind of whipped by their tails. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's one of our traditions, and uh, I'd almost forgotten about it. I haven't <clears throat> really done that since I was a kid, but, yeah, boy, uh, that now, was fun. Paul did mention the association of the Druids with uh, professional wrestling. Now, uh, in your time in Boston as a youngster, uh, you, you know, it was a, the, uh, there was a renaissance of, uh, of professional wrestling. And do you remember those days? Yeah. Oh sure, Killer Kowalski, probably the uh, uh, world champion, also uh, a champion of the Druids. Uh, um, you know, it wasn't really fashionable then to talk about being a Druid, but uh, Killer Kowalski was certainly uh, uh, one of our most famous Druids, and uh, uh, many Killer. times he would come to some of our ceremonies. Killer, oh you, yeah, you, Killer Kowalski. Oh yeah. You think there was a correlation between his success and Druidism? Well, I think that's what gave him his inner strength. Uh, that and uh, a pound of butter that he used to keep in his uh, uh, wrestling togs. Yeah. Now, did you uh, do you remember the Boston Arena? Uh, that, that's because I, re- I have great recollections. My father used to take us there almost every other week. I think there was an event. Did you actually get to see him live? Did I get to see Killer Kowalski? Yeah, live. Yeah. Oh, oh my! Oh, many times in the Boston Garden in the Boston Arena. Uh, yeah, exactly. In fact, I was thrown out of the Boston Arena on more than one occasion for being uh, uh, ubulant. I'm not quite what sure that? what that means, but that I was ubulant. So they ubulant, threw me out. As, opposed, as opposed to jubilant. Something like that, yeah. It's uh, not, we, you know, you can say Jew on this show. It doesn't, we're not, you know, we don't discriminate. Why? Well, hey, I'm sure some of your best friends are... Yes, because we're in the show business thing, so of course. So, Tony, you know, I think that uh, there's no greater way. McMahon, in the later years with Steve Austin and everything, certainly brought wrestling to uh, the forefront. I mean, talk about a man who understood show business. I mean, did you pick up any tips, anything that you wanted to incorporate as you grew in time as a performer that, from the things that you saw in the uh, the, oh, in yeah, the arena? Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my... One of my favorites, and he was also a Drew, uh, druid wrestler, was uh, uh, Gorgeous George. And uh, ah. what I learned from him, I yeah, what I learned from him, I I still practice today, and that is uh, hair care, uh, curling the hair, uh, uh, you know, rinsing, uh, uh, keeping it soft and and pliable, uh, all came from Gorgeous George, the wrestler. And he was really known as well. to be admired. I, I remember when he taught us all how to shave our own backs. It was yeah, he, yeah. he almost needed That's to be double jointed, but it was it was he did it with such grace and such flair. Yeah. Well, I think that's why uh, everyone really appreciated his efforts, and and you know his hair always smelled nice. Uh, he wouldn't shave my back. Uh, in fact, oh, uh, you know, I, I wanted him to shave my back, and it's just it's it's one of those things. It's better than an autograph. You know, you get to meet somebody or shake their hand, but 
but when you can really, when they really care that much about their fans and their admirers to take time out of the day to shave your back, that's when you know that you you've really met somebody special who cares about the people that uh, that admire them. No, no, Tommy, how much time do you devote to here? What's that? Uh, we were just a I question. I said after he shaved my back, he put it all in a in a little bag and had me sign that bag, and and uh, I hope he still has that today. I'm not sure if he's alive. I don't think so because I'm barely alive, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, well, what well saying, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, that's fine. But how much time for our listeners do you think it's uh, appropriate or beneficial to spend uh, per day to spend on hair care? Oh, is there anything more important before you uh, leave the house uh, when you, uh, you know, you're, you're talking to two bald guys? What could be more important? And, uh, you know, you need it's a very important. Yeah, but we don't have that much. Well, yeah, right. uh, uh, one must, and you just have to get up earlier because hair care is is fundamental to uh, a good druid life. I think you, uh, if you uh, if you talk to most druids, you one number one you'll see there they have uh, incredible good uh, hygiene as well as beautiful hair. You just don't yeah, see no. it anymore. Well, those of us in the, in the, in the, and I know you'll speak to this tradition as well have, have chosen to. Uh, it's kind of like being a vegan or, or uh, you know, you, mm. being gluten-free when you decide to go follic-free. Uh, yeah. And I, I know, like like many of uh, my fellow follic-free druids, when I shave, I start at my eyebrows and stop at the floor, both mm. ways. Yeah. So it takes a little yes, time and a little cleanup, but, uh, you know, it's worth it. And I'll tell you, the aerodynamics yeah. are just, just yeah. breathtaking. What Paul was talking about, of course, is uh, is a little schism, a schism in the uh, in the Druid uh, religion, uh, and that has to do with the type of hair care you do. Uh, and uh, some people think it's it's heresy. I personally think there's room for all kinds of changes in the in the Druid uh, uh, religion. And uh, uh, God bless him if he wants to do that. Uh, uh, go to it. Uh, you're still a Druid, as far as I'm concerned. Well, to each his own. Uh, you know, the schisms were, of course, uh, you know, just... Uh, I would uh, say. Well, it, it, well it, it's, it, you know, you say schism, I say schism. Uh, but in any it's case, it was a pain to the, the Catholic faith, you know, which, of course, you know, throughout history, we know Martin Luther got his, his dander up and, you know, started nailing edicts to the cathedral based on the schisms. Oh, wait, wait, he was nailing. Okay, no, well, that's, well, see, see now Frank is, is ready to come in here as a defender of the faith. Oh. Anytime we go into the religious thing, he's got his back up. He's, uh, I can see him. He's, he's twitching here a little bit. He, you know, Frank being a staunch Catholic and defender of the faith here in South Boston. Frank, you want to add something to this? No, I, I, I just that this guy, uh, Martin Luther, yeah. what he ended up doing, all these Lutherans to, to like, be an well, how did they? That's true. I mean, how did they? How did he find the Lutherans? It, it, uh, Tommy, anything you can yeah. add when, when the Lutherans may have come well, into I, being? Uh, yeah, like Martin Luther King, I once uh, nailed uh, um, my edict up on the uh, on the door of, the, of the, uh, one of the local Catholic churches, but it was primarily my uh, uh, my photo and uh, my availability for work that night, and uh, I still do that to a lot of churches. You get a lot of work that way. Well, that is, sure, you know, great. bar mitzvahs, uh, not bar mitzvahs at a Catholic church, but, uh, you know, weddings, engagement parties, uh, 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 well. well I can see you're giving a plug. You know, no. Right, now, 
you know, of course, getting back to the wrestling and the correlation with um, modern day uh, entertainment, and uh, you know, some of the things that I see or saw anyway that came out of the wrestling uh, genre that showed up on stage was, of course, the cape. Um, you know, everybody knows that James Brown had a cape. Uh, we've seen, you know, a lot of artists, uh, rock musicians, etc., go to the Cape. Did you? Uh... I've been to the Cape. No, it's not that Cape. Oh, okay. It's oh. you know what I'm talking about, Tommy. Yeah, little chickens, cape horns. No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I guess it's I'm a cape, something like Superman wore. Oh, a caper. Oh, you put a in, cape. Put in chicken. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I love those we're drifting, yeah, folks. Are... Frankie, do you want to set them straight? Uh, the, the Cape, it, it's not uh, Cape Inn, it's not Cape Cod, it's not Cape Canaveral, it's not Cape Kennedy, it's a Cape, cape for Christ's sake. It's a Cape, he's getting a little, I told you, the, the thing about the Fender of the Faith is kicking in. No, seriously, did you um, look at any of that attire and use it yourself? I, I have at least four capes in my wardrobe. Ah, ah. No, but I mean, did you use them on stage? Did you ever? Uh, was there a period in your life? Once, uh, once I once I wore it uh, uh, in a public park at about three o'clock in the morning, and and uh, made some very interesting friends that night. So uh, I decided not to wear them as much as I do, and primarily wear them around the house. What about the mask? Did you have a mask that night? Well, I had. <laughs> funny you should mention that. Yeah, I had, you know, I have this little kind of Lone Ranger mask that I used to use uh, when I was in porn many years ago. And uh, that night, as I recall, when I put that cape on, I had a little black Lone Ranger mask, a painted on mustache, and a pair of Argyle socks. Uh, it just seemed like a dress for the evening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was it that, had to be Argyle, yeah. Was, were they filming in color in those days? No, no, it was just uh, it was just uh, what you did in those days. It was part of the uh, the standard outfit for uh, porn actors: uh, the black mask, the mustache, and the agile socks. Okay, uh, I right. never, no. uh, I, I, yeah, I never did a lot of that stuff because uh, uh, it wasn't about equipment so much. They hired me for my enthusiasm. If you get my drift. An enthusiastic porn star. That's right. That's right. All right. Great. Well. Now, you know, it, it, from the past two uh, shows, it's obvious that you paid quite a price for your fame. Uh, you know, you you worked in a club that you said out and uh, remind the listeners the other day that you were, Paul wasn't here for this. You worked in a club that Frankie, as your agent, had promised you was uh, on the strip in Vegas, and instead it was where? Oh, we're talking about Bronco Bob's. Bronco Bob's, yes. Bronco Bob's place was uh, so far out in the desert, it was, uh, it was practically in the next state. It was so far away from, well, the Strip wasn't much of a Strip in Vegas then. Um, that's the place that I, I, I met Frank, actually. Uh, I had, uh, you know, as you know, you, you guys are in the business, uh, you know, things don't always go well. You don't always make a lot of money. And uh, I was uh, really uh, a shot, uh, you know, just for some basic things like food and water and uh and I was talking to one of the strippers who worked in uh, Bronco Bob's and talked about supplementing her income doing a couple of uh, uh, porn movies. And this is a long time ago. Um, they were slightly more innocent. And uh, it was on one of these uh, shoots uh, at this sleazy, sleazy, sleazy hotel way out in the middle of the desert. I, I'm not sure if I even remember the name of this place. It was, uh, uh, it was really kind of uh, an interesting place. 
Uh, it was called, uh, it was a real cheap hotel, I think it was called the uh, El Pueblo Loco. And it was... Uh, well, that would be Crazy good, Village. I'll translate that for you. I'm a, I, I do well, speak thank Spanish. Well, so. you. know, I never learned that stuff. But we, we, I, I went there, and it was my first time, and they explained what I had to do. And that's where I got that, that outfit of the uh, black mask, the... Uh, the black mustache and the eyeglass socks and pretty much nothing else. And oh, uh, Paul is no stranger. We film these I... things in we film these things in one room in, in this sleazeball hotel and, and I just remember walking into that room for the first time and your feet would kind of stick to the floor. It wasn't a really nice hotel, but get the point of my story is they have on set what they call a fluffer. I don't know if you guys know this term. It's a very big term in the porn industry. A fluffer yeah, is we one have a who makes sure. In the studio when we get ready to <laughs> yeah. do the show. No, 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 not a puffer. Not a puffer. That's something else. A fluffer, not a puffer. Oh, okay. And a fluffer. fluffer that's yeah. pretty different. I think the listeners are really interested. What is a fluffer? Confused. In the porn business, a fluffer is one who, you know, you're there all day long. You're doing one take after another. A fluffer was the man who would uh, make sure that the male star was always ready for a performance, that he was really up for the next scene, if you get my meaning. Yeah, we get that. That's pretty obvious. Well, and actually creating quite a visual well, in is, my head right now, but uh, well, not is, one that I wanted to do in the morning. It was in, it was in this capacity that I first met Frank and realized it was an old friend from, from back home. And uh, uh, while he was kneeling in front of me, uh, we had this conversation about home and... and uh, uh, after the well, you know, he's right sure now, he is, again, as defender of the faith, he's blushing like crazy. Yeah. I, this is a, I think well, a part of his... After the, yeah. After the shoot, I had him wash his hands, and we went out to dinner. Uh, but it was you. there I met Frank, and, and uh, from then on, we became uh, fast friends. Well, uh, well Paul, Paul worked the road for years. I never decided to go that route, maybe because I was afraid of places like El Pueblo Loco. Tough one to say. Paul, you want to give us some of your accounts of uh, being on the road and the trials and tribulations, especially with, uh, you know, drink and women and things like that, you know, how easy it was to go astray? Well, it, it is easy, and especially when you have an agent who tells you you've been booked on the strip and, you, like yourself, you assume it's Las Vegas, and it turns out you're on a landing strip just outside of Cleveland. You must have had Frank for an agent, too. I did. Uh, you know, it was yeah. a different Frank. Um, but it seems like everybody well, named Frank got that problem. Um, I, yeah, I kind of think yeah. it's like a planet Frank that they just send them down from just to make performers' lives miserable. Because there was, you, you know, it was a good time. There were there were a lot of women. Um, I, I have to admit that there was uh, some some famous women, some infamous women. And uh, but see, I was my own worst enemy because I had I had no standards when it came to. I just when I walked into a room full of women, it was like walking into an amusement park. Because my attitude was that I wanted to ride them all, even the scary ones. I mean, I actually, I actually, I like you know, I, I actually dated a girl who was so fat she was on the pill because it was one more thing she could eat. It, it was really, she, she was, she was nice. I used to call her. I, I had a nickname for her. I used to call her my little par three, because if I didn't get it in the hole in the first shot, I needed a lot of extra strokes. She was she was really something something special. Actually, and then I dated another girl. She was six foot nine, just absolutely incredible. I actually had to get a step ladder to go down on her. It was it was like nothing you'd ever seen before. So you know the and the, the alcohol. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was some alcohol. There was a lot of alcohol. Cause I used to, you know, I didn't like to drink before breakfast, so I just planned to not have breakfast. That was how I got around that rule. That always worked out well for me. See, but, but I'm okay, though. Yeah, I know. And, you know, I'm glad, I mean, some of the, excuse some of the uh, direction this this, um, this particular show is taking. We didn't plan to get so graphic. But, um, and this is, is Paul going to do his whole act for us now? Well, all. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I sense a little, no, he, I sense a little, little jealousy here. Um, You know, you're getting a little more airtime than Tommy usually gets. He usually takes the whole show. Tommy, it's relax. I think it's all, but I do, do, there is one great uh, anecdote that Paul uh, told me about once that he was, uh, a young lady decided that, you know, the hotel he was staying in wasn't worthy of his uh, caliber and talent and his standards. So she took you to her home. Man. To, uh, you know, this one actually ended up. And the next day, she asked you um, yeah. to tell her. She asked you to tell her what her name was, yes? Yeah, she, uh, just after we had, we had uh, consummated our pact with Satan, she looked at me and said, uh, so, what's my name? And I just looked at her and said, you know, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, so, you know, just uh, if anybody is, uh, we hope that helps some of the uh, philanderers out there in their next, uh, if they have got to have that encounter. So, Tommy, we're coming down. Tommy, We've only I, got a minute left. Time flies on this. Yeah. We've, Tommy, uh, I think no standards are the best standards to have. Uh, uh, yes, I agree. You know, that way there you can just go with the flow. And uh, anything you want to add, uh, we didn't get to talk about Sinatra much today or the Rat Pack, but that's for later shows. Uh, we're also hoping to get uh, more guests uh, to come on that know more about Druidism and, and your time in, uh, in Boston uh, before the big time. And, there's, of course, the people yeah, will call even, in. We didn't even talk about, we didn't even talk about the uh, uh, virgin sacrifices and that sort of thing. So we can, that's for another time, I think. Well, that that we'll have to bring Paul back for. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, yeah. He's uh, yeah. actually, I think, aren't you working on a book on virgin sacrifices? Yes, I'm reading one right now. Okay, great. So, listen, we're, we've only got ten seconds. Tommy, i got to uh, thank you again so much. Frankie was a little quiet today, but, uh, hey, listen, um, till next time. Give me a vitamin. <laughs> well, thank you, friend, Tommy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. All right. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.